stare, you know, society's idea of who we are, you know, you retire at 65 and sit on your porch in a rocking chair and like wait to the end is really no longer reality. And so pandemic or not, I think a lot of people have are realizing I got another 30, 40, 50 years ahead of me. What am I going to do with it? Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark, big or small, is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with energy and joy. Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at judybanker.com. And to find out more about this podcast, my web courses and other offerings, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. And while you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Zest, where you will get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tidbits. I also have a Facebook group where we talk about all things aging and zestful. Just go to Facebook groups and enter Zestful Aging. Hi there. Spring has definitely sprung, and I'm seeing little purple crocuses popping up in my neighborhood. And to celebrate the season, I'm taking $20 off of my popular Zestful Aging web course. You will learn the tried and true ways to add zest and vitality to your life, and it comes with a booklet I made just for the course. It's all based on science and my 30 years as a psychotherapist. So hop on over to ZestfulAging.com for more information and use the code SPRING2021. You will get $20 off the course and it is going to be a great way to start the season. Now back to the show. Well, as always, I've got my little loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side. He's tired this morning. We have a lot of snow in Syracuse, and we had a great hike yesterday, so I don't think you'll be hearing him too much today, but we have a really great and timely interview for you today. The pandemic has led to some very interesting work adaptations, and we've seen a great example of necessity being the mother of invention. Women have improvised like never before, and some have decided it's finally time to try entrepreneurship. And older women make great entrepreneurs. We've got experience, perseverance, we've got perspective and smarts, but where to begin? Today's guest is Colleen Kohanek, and she helps women from the typewriter generation become successful and confident laptop entrepreneurs, helping them leverage their decades of life experience and learning to create a meaningful revenue generating business. Welcome to the show, Colleen. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's so great. I, I've been looking forward to our conversation. It's very pragmatic right now as we are still feeling the effects of the pandemic. And I think people are just saying, how can I shift? How can I, to use the over word, uh, overused word pivot and get some income coming in here? Because all we know about jobs has really been turned upside down. It absolutely has. And, you know, quite frankly, it's not even just it's not even just the pandemic, quite frankly. I think one challenge um, we face as, you know, midlife and beyond is we're living a heck of a lot longer than we used to. And we mm-hmm. have a lot more time ahead of us. Uh, and we're you know, we're I, I like to say we're half the age our grandparents were at the same age. And so stare, you know, society's idea of who we are, you know, you retire at 65 and sit on your porch in a rocking chair and like wait <laughs> to the end is really no longer reality. And so pandemic or not, I think a lot of people have are realizing I got another 30, 40, 50 years ahead of me. What am I going to do with it? And um, oh, dear, I haven't saved enough is another one. You know, mm-hmm. how am I going to fund the fun? Because I'm still young. I still want to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need a purpose. I need I need to be a, I need a purpose to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think the pandemic has just kind of exaggerated that a bit. That's a great, great point, Colleen. And I know that um, just doing my own research and learning about all of these sort of socio, I guess, sociopolitical um points about aging is like 65 was a number because we were going to die not that long after 65. I mean, you know, it was sort of a statistical calculation. And now 65 is like, oh, what do I want to do for my next (laughs) adventure? Yeah, I think that's one of the problems here in the U.S. And it's probably similar around the world with our social security system is you know, that 65 was based on actuarial stats that we weren't going to live much longer. So we wouldn't be using up the, you know, that kind of retirement income. And yet here we are. And here we are. These are such great points. So tell me about your, um, I think of you as the ultimate, you know, uh, necessity being the mother of invention. How did you come upon being uh, a, a woman who helps other women figure this out, figure out how to make more meaning and more money. Sure. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny and humbling story. I was laid off uh, about four and a half years ago. I forget the time frame from a very long time career, you know, like many people laid off uh, with 10,000 people. And I had just been doing my job long enough. I thought, Ugh, I'm kind of done with the corporate thing. I'm going to start my own business. How hard can it be? And then on day two, I was like, oh, shiz. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so so I kind of jumped in. I was really determined not to go corporate again. So I jumped into all these programs and courses to learn how to be an online entrepreneur, despite the fact that I had been in marketing and sales you know, successfully for many years. And while I was in those programs, and my first business, by the way, was a, an online magazine for my local town in Florida, where I no longer live, but that was my first business, jumped in these programs thinking, I'm, I'm going to learn how to do all of this. And I realized this huge gap. So I would be in these online courses and I would, I would like post in the Facebook group, like, is there anybody else like over 50 here? And mm. people came out of the woodwork 
Like mm. they were kind of in the shadows. They were there <laughs> listening and learning. And what it was, the, the gap was um, as I'm, I'm 53 now, but so let's say you're 45 or older, we're considered digital immigrants, which is a true mm. term they use in technology and user X, you know, UX and all that versus, you know, digital natives, you know, mm -hmm. kids today are born teething on their mom's iPad. We were born <laughs> teething on our mom's car keys. So we, we definitely approach technology different. And so what I found in some of these big programs is they assumed so much knowledge and technical familiarity that I just didn't have, even though I had worked in technology, which is, it sounds silly, but it was, it's different technology. It's social media, it's websites, that kind of thing. And once I realized that gap, I thought, well, gosh, when you find a gap in the market, that's a great place to to have a business. Mm. Um, and then long story short, my husband became very sick. I became his caregiver. He passed away almost three years ago. And so I had kind of these two businesses going. And at the time, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be tethered to my little town with this magazine. So I sold it and decided to really focus on helping you know, women from the typewriter generation launch an online business because it's really been like the best dang thing that's ever happened to me. And wow. I, I just know that, you know, like, like you said in the beginning, we have so much smarts by our age, like that stuff can't be bought, that's earned. Mm -hmm. And we need to, you know, we need to share that with the world and charge for it, really, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I've, uh, of course, done my own uh, work with podcast and some other courses. And the, it, it, it's not even that you have to be smart. It's that you have to have a certain kind of brain. You have to find it also, I think, interesting. And you have to just be willing to learn the new stuff every single day. Like these, you know, the, the tech stuff, it seems to change every day it is and, and yeah, it's it does. something that's really i think intimidating for those of us as you say who are digital immigrants smart but like come on i've got other things to do besides learn um, algorithms yeah and i think that's the biggest challenge i mean when i talk about my audience um it, it, when i'm working on a new product it's one of the biggest uh disconnects is these are very, very smart women, like experts in their thing. They've been doing it for years, whether it's a passion and interest or whatever. So they're really smart in that thing. And mm. then this tech stuff is like a big trip because it is, it changes every day. I mean, Facebook changes the look mm -hmm. every other day. It, yes. you know, it makes us crazy. It's like they moved the cheese again. So you have <laughs> to kind of be willing for that. But the good news is, you know, I, I help my audience, like there's basics you need to learn outsource the rest. You don't have to know how to build a website. You just have to know how to use your website. So, you know, we, we, there is, there are solutions for those who don't want to learn how to code. Oh my goodness. Like me. The thing that I really love about your work, Colleen, is you're very realistic and you're very down to earth. And you talk about, you know, some of the, the media gurus are like, you're going to sell your product and make a million dollars the first week. And here are all the people who are now working from their yachts. And you, <laughs> you don't, that you don't talk about it like that. No, can you can you no. say a little bit about 
what your perspective is and how you come to this um, as you're teaching women like us? You know, my my whole philosophy is one of reality. And I was the one who thought I was going to take one of these big courses and have this fabulous business at the end of the 12 weeks, which, of course, (laughs) two years later, I didn't um, Mm. until I figured it out. I'm a realist. It's uh, I I tell my audience, if you really want to start an online business, it's going to take you 18 to 24 months to really find your groove. That's not to say you're not making money before then, but the reality is when we're starting an online business, there are three things happening simultaneously. We're starting a business. We're learning how to do all the things we need to run a business. And we're having to get our mindset in the right place because that is where it will really mess you up. And it's it's a long haul game and I just, I believe, you know, I, I'm i like, we're old enough to know there's no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> it's just, mm. there's a lot of work. And I believe, you know, that transparency is something that at least, you know, women can hang their hat on and have at least, you know, proper expectations of what this is really going to take because it's not, mm. it's not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's so important because it just sets you up for feeling like a failure. It does. It does. And the biggest challenge I've had, honestly, is uh, talking about that in a transparent way because, you know, marketing 101, you um, sell them what they want, give them what they need is the old adage, right? So it's not sexy to talk about this is going to take a lot longer than you think and it's going to be a lot (laughs) harder than you think. but. That's where I'm going with it. I'm like, that's, and you know, and then it, that also attracts the right people because uh, you, you've got to be in it to win it if you really mm-hmm. want to start an online business. Mm-hmm. Hey, lovely listeners, I have something really special to share with you. I recently interviewed Dr. Elise Bailu, who is the founder of Mindfulness in May. Every May, thousands of people worldwide join the program featuring the world's best experts and build mental resilience through committing to 10 minutes of meditation per day, while also raising funds to address the world's most urgent global issues. Over the last eight years, Mindful in May has taught over 40,000 people to meditate while raising $800,000 to bring clean, safe drinking water to the developing world. Well, I'm going to give out five free registrations for Mindful in May to the listeners of Zestful Aging who write the most descriptive and original five-star review of Zestful Aging on whatever platform you use to listen. And after you rate the show, please copy and paste your review and send it to me at ZestfulAging.com with instructions on how to contact you. The contest ends April 30th, and I'll be joining the program in May, and I can't wait. And please check out mindfulinmay.org. It's really special. Look for Elise Bailu's episode coming soon. Now, back to the show. I see. So what do you say to people, and I know this is something you must come across very often, is let's just say, you know, they're ready. But 
they haven't, it's scary, right? I mean, putting ourselves out there, especially on social, who knows who's going to see it. Um, They're ready, but they're scared because they've done a lot of work, um, keeping their family happy, doing their job slash career, maybe taking care of um, aging parents. And now they have this time, perhaps, pandemic related or not, and they have a great idea, but it's just jumping into a whole new universe. How do you help them take those first steps? It's um, quite honestly, I take a little bit of a tough love approach (laughs) because, Mm. you know, I'm like you, you can't think your way out of fear of failure. You can't read your way out of fear of failure. There's not anything you can eat that's going to get you out of fear of failure. (laughs) The only thing that is going to get you out of that fear is action. Mm. And so, I mean, I'll, I usually start my audience like, okay, I want you to go create a Facebook business page, name it and hit publish. Mm. Oh, I can't do that. Then people are going to know. I'm like, well, first of all, nobody's going to see it because Facebook (laughs) doesn't show your content out to anybody unless you're paying for it. But it's like, go do something concrete um, that is like, put, like, put, put a, put your stake, your claim, like put your flag on the moon, Mm. so to speak. I'm starting a business, start small, you know, and that's usually a small way of doing that is go create a Facebook business page, publish it, hit publish Mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. I see. Yeah. But it it is, it's action. And the, the craziest thing is I wish, I mean, I know you're a psychotherapist because I'm sure you have better ways of doing this. I see it all the time, like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. And then they hit publish on the Facebook page. And then one more thing. And like two months in, they're like, publish, 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 publish. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's just like the, there's like this momentum. Jumping. It's like taking that first step. And I always say, leap before you look. Do not look mm-hmm. down. Just leap before you look. And it, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You know, it occurs to me, and, and maybe this is like the obvious statement of the year, but I imagine that starting a business for uh, your folks is transformational at times. It's not just like, oh, good, now I'm selling my whatever, my services, my products, and now I have an income and, you know, I've learned. I imagine that you are watching a really uh, intense transformation of lives um, through what you do. It. 100%. uh, It's, it's almost a scary responsibility sometimes. And you mentioned it earlier. You know, these are people who spent their lives taking care of others, taking care of the family, taking care of the house, taking care of the job. Everybody else was put first. Now they have this time on their own. And it's the proverbial, is this all and what's next? And Mm -hmm. they jump into this online space. And it's, I always say it's, I mean, it's not just about the money. The money is good, but it's about waking up and like, I have something that's mine that I created from scratch that people find valuable Mm -hmm. and people need it. And I'm helping people and people admire me for that. And I'm contributing, you know, to society. I'm contributing financially to the family. And let's face it, you know, he with the gold makes the rules. And a lot of people have come from a point, um, especially women, where if they weren't contributing as much as their husbands, I mean, it's a whole, I mean, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it is very transformational because it's not just Mm. about the business. It's about uh, who they're, who they're becoming, who they, Mm. you know, they're stepping into their own confidence and their own 
identity and purpose and it get, I mean, it can definitely get deep for sure. For sure. And and has that been the same for you, Colleen? Have, are you a different woman than you were 10 years ago? Oh, 100%. 100%. And I had, I when I was corporate, like the last six years, I had a fabulous job that I loved. I never, I... I shouldn't admit this. I would not have had the courage to just like I quit. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to start a business. Uh, you know, I was shown the door, uh, and then I did. Then I was brave. <laughs> Once mm, I was shown sure. the door. <laughs> but um, yeah, it is. I I have talked on you know many places that having my own business has you know not to be dramatic has saved my life. Having become a widow at fifty, and it's really helping me define my new life going forward and as you talked about in your introduction like having a legacy like what what do I want my life to be and what do I want to leave behind for it Um, and one of the things I love most honestly is I've always uh, my background is international business and I worked globally and so I love this online space because I have audience all over the world Mm -hmm. like it's the same need all over the world so it's fun fun is that Oh my goodness. It's amazing. It's amazing. The only thing that is not fun is trying to figure out Australia time because I still cannot. <laughs> There's no good my, time zone. My for brain, <laughs> my brain is like, now, wait a minute. That's 10 and a half hours. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm have- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's actually a really great app called world time buddy that oh, you can, you can put in that. like 10 cities around the world <laughs> and it'll love help it. you. I love it. That's yeah. Great. That's yeah. Great. You know, it's what I love hearing you talk about your transformation, because I feel that as a podcaster, we're going to be going on three years. And like, as you said, like starting from scratch, just that you make something and you see it blossom and, and, and to be able to say, I did this and it wasn't perfect. I learned some hard lessons, but there were also wonderful things that happened. I could never have anticipated it it brings something to one's life I think that you just there you can't buy that you can't and I think a lot of it is about uh choice and the opportunity because in the online space you can really take anything like I haven't found anything you can't and turn it into an online business I mean it, it's crazy I uh you know I know um a woman who uh, teaches people how to reupholster old chairs. She is going gangbusters <laughs> and she had left a corporate job and this was a hobby she had. And now it is a huge business. Like it is a really big business. And she's like, I didn't know anybody wanted to know how to upholster chairs. Mm. And I'm like, apparently they do because look <laughs> at you. Or, uh, you know, Women, you know, I have um, audience people like a financial advisor who was just kind of tired of being in that man's world and has stepped out into her own. And so, you know, she's kind of extending her career into her own business. This other woman took a passion that like this very random passion of reupholstering chairs. So I love that there's the choice 
to do what we love, but also this opportunity that we have now with this online space, mm-hmm. because it's kind of infinite. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Now, here's the other side of it. Do you, I find that, at, well, I'm self-employed as a psychotherapist, but there's also this, this, I don't know if we would call it a dark side, but there's no nine to five, right? You don't just walk out the door and say, okay, what do I want to do with my evening? It's very easy because there are endless things you can do to promote your work. It never ends. Do you have to teach people to have limits on how much they're they're working? It's, it's um, interesting. First, I have to teach them that they have to get their butt in the seat working consistently and regularly if they haven't been used to working from home or, you know, mm. self self-work. So first I have to get them there. And then (laughs) once that happens, then I have to teach them now you need boundaries to step away. Because Mm -hmm. uh, once, if you haven't been used to working from home, which I've always worked from home, even when I was corporate. So I think I had some of those muscles built, those discipline Mm -hmm. that even though it's your own business, it's still like, it's a job. You're the boss. You can't piss off the boss. So you do have to be Mm you know, at work (laughs) for, you know, Mm -hmm. for a regular amount of time. But yeah, it is very easy that this becomes your whole life. And I think it's really important to guard against that because Mm -hmm. it can be 24 seven. And I think a lot of it is realizing is this activity, you know, this extra activity, is it really bringing a return to my business or is it busy work or, Um, I'm a huge proponent of outsourcing and getting help quickly for tasks that you don't really need to be doing, which I know people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, that's expensive. But there are a lot of ways to get, you know, very affordable help to help Mm -hmm. kind of guard against that. Like Upwork or what what are the kinds of places? Yeah, Upwork. I have a full time executive assistant now. Um, Mm -hmm. She's in the Philippines. But, you know, mm-hmm. you can have a VA for two hours a week or, mm-hmm. you know, definitely the tech stuff that, like I said, you need to know how to use your website. You don't need to know how to build it necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, I see some people like I spent three weeks trying to figure out how to get my domain redirected here. And I'm like, there was mm-hmm. some dude or gal who's 12 years old who would have done it for like <laughs> 20 bucks. <laughs> like... You know, and so that's the sad. I mean, there's something that just I just shake my head because it's so true. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're just like that's easy. Yeah, it's yeah. done. Oh, okay. There oh, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you do that, and I think that that's an important thing. And for those of uh, us who didn't know what a VA, a virtual assistant. Yes. Is, yeah. Virtual uh, assistant, yeah. and there are many, many services out there where mm-hmm. I've even had um, people in my audience pay a virtual assistant to teach them how to use some of the tools that they need, rather than trying to rely on YouTube, etc. Um, So it's very empowering. But, uh, you know, I think it's important to guard against doing all the things. I think as women, it's really hard. We want to bootstrap everything. And Mm -hmm. that that's Mm -hmm. not going to serve you long term in having your own business because you'll burn out. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to focus on like what our zone of genius is to be cliche. I I was just thinking of that exact thing where, you know, somebody who... You need to have be the person who does the creative work, right? Not the not the uh, sort of the back end work as Correct. much. 
Yes. I think that's really good. Talk a little bit, if you will, about what are some of the challenges of working from home? Because some folks that are hearing this are used to being in an office and they may not have those muscles that you've built about working at home. What are some of the uh, pieces of advice you might give them for starting this new approach to, uh, to their work? Uh, for starters, you really do have to treat it like a job. Even if it's, uh, you know, if you want to work two hours a day, make those two hours a day non-negotiable. They're in your calendar. They're non-negotiable as if you were in an office and the boss was watching you clock in and out. Um, so that look, what does that look like? Turning off your phone? Tur- what does that look like when you, you're protecting that space? What are some of the things that you do to protect? It? I think the first and foremost is having a plan for the priorities of what needs to be done, say, that week because uh, and be hyper-focused and hyper-diligent about those priorities because it's very easy to be caught in the, you know, what everybody calls, you know, the shiny shiny object syndrome, shiny squirrel syndrome, it's very prevalent. So uh, yeah, I would say when, when I come to my computer, uh, I have a priority, I have an online calendar that I put everything that I'm doing each day into it. And I try to stick to that as closely as I humanly can. And it does take time to figure out and learn how long things take you to do, how long you can Mm -hmm. sit in a focused time before you need a break. I mean, that all just takes a little bit of time. But number one is you have to get yourself there consistently and you have to treat it you have to treat that time with the utmost respect. It's not like, you know, a a friend calls and says, Hey, let's go do lunch. And you just go do lunch every other day. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And that's a, that's a danger. Um, On the other hand, you know, everything takes longer in the beginning, bigger learning curves, you know, you're, you're learning everything. It does get easier to understand like what your priorities are, what is Mm -hmm. going to move the needle in your business kind of thing. So in the beginning, Mm -hmm. I would just say, it has to be in your calendar and it has to be non-negotiable time if you have to shut the door, lock the dogs out, turn the phone mm-hmm. off, uh, mm-hmm. you know, tell the UPS man or the delivery man mm-hmm. not to knock on the door, whatever it is, and just really um, honor that time for that business. And it's mm-hmm. hard in the beginning. I, I mean, if you're, if you're not used to working from home, it's very easy. Oh, I'm just going to go put a load of laundry in oh, and yes. I'm just going to go do this and I'm just going to go do that. And that can really suddenly your day's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's so, it's so easy to be distracted because we are, we've, you know, these days we've learned to be so distractible, mm-hmm. but right to be very, it sounds very intentional. Absolutely. And it, yeah. even today, it's like you mentioned your Jack Russell sitting there. Like I have my two dogs here sitting behind me and they can be the greatest distraction ever. Although they've learned to kind of get into the routine with me as well. Like they know, like when we're in the office, they're just kind of sleeping and, uh, you know, I just pray the doorbell doesn't ring. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> on a podcast yeah. because then all oh, heck yeah. breaks loose. <laughs> oh, I, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are, that's really, that's great. And also to know that, you know, it's, 
it's a work in progress. You're not going to be perfect at it. It's something that needs to be developed. And discipline, you know, is not as easy as not discipline. Um, and it's something to to practice, I guess. 100%. And I that's what I mm-hmm. tell my audience all the time. This is just going to take practice. It's just going to take practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will get easier. It will get easier. Mm-hmm. But it's like everything in the beginning. It's just more difficult. You're you have to have a big, you have to be willing to be a beginner um, in all aspects of when you're launching an online business, including the self-discipline part, the motivation part, the actual, you know, skills and strategies. We just, we have to be willing to be beginners, which I think is difficult, but mm-hmm. it's just how it has to be. I see. Yeah. You sound like You've given so much thought to all of the aspects of this, Colleen, like the psychological, the emotional, just like, you know, the nuts and bolts of the business. It sounds like you take a very holistic approach to to doing this work. Yeah, it just it comes from experience and from having worked with so many women. And like I I said in the beginning, when I was taking these online courses and programs to learn how to do this, most of them taught by millennials. There were there was just mm-hmm. such um, an assumption of knowledge and familiarity with everything, and I just looked at when I jumped in, I thought it was going to be easy for me, and then I hit day one, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not expecting this, and I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it to be, uh, you know, emotional. I wasn't expecting it to be as hard as it was, and kind of as long, uh, as long term as it needs to be. So now when I'm talking to my audience, that's where my transparency comes in. I believe in if you have, if you're transparent and you, and you know what to expect, at least there are fewer curveballs coming your way mm-hmm. so you can prepare for them. And it is, a, it is a mind game. I've said many times, starting your own online business is the biggest self-development activity you can ever do in your life. <laughs> Step aside, Tony Robbins, like just start your own business and you will learn mm-hmm. a lot about yourself. Oh, that I love that. I love that idea as a therapist, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a, that I can see there are a lot of therapeutic opportunities to, you know, to have confidence and maybe not compare yourself to your friend who's already making gobs of money or there's lots of little challenges. Uh, I can imagine that's that's really 100 percent. Yes. So, yes. Colleen, tell me where people can find out more about, I, you know, that you have this niche that I think is so important and, and really unusual because there's so much out there to, you know, all these gurus. I mean, and it's so funny, like on Kajabi, which if people don't know is a platform you can put your courses, many of the courses are how to become, you know, how to sell your course. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it you you're just tripping over once you start looking just tripping over people wanting to help you or wanting to make money helping you do this but I really agree that there's some grandiosity here I mean I I love that you're you're so practical and your niche is so much about you know women who are older and who are doing this in a very different way than a millennial might do. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell me where people can find you and learn more about you. Absolutely. So they can find me at scrappyfrontier.com. You'll find mm-hmm. everything you need to know. You can get on my email list there. Uh, you can get to my Facebook community from there, uh, which I recommend my free Facebook group for, for mm-hmm. people who are just starting or maybe are curious about the, the process of starting a business. Um, and you can get to my Facebook page there as well. I do a weekly Facebook Live um, where mm-hmm. I do a lot of tough love talks or mm-hmm. transparent talks, I like to say. <laughs> so, you know, the reality, mm-hmm. the realities of starting an online business are not necessarily, mm-hmm. um, you know, the challenge is you go online and you start researching a bit and then you're pixeled. So and if you don't know what that means, it means once you've searched for something that that data is captured, your interest in that thing is captured, which is why like if you are redoing your house and you search for, you know, new drapes, all of a sudden you have drapery ads in your mm. Facebook mm. feed. Well, now if you've, you're looking at starting a business, suddenly you have this course and that course and this uh-huh. thing and this is the way. No, this is the way. And that's where the shiny object comes in. So it's important to kind of guard against that. Uh, And so, yeah, this is, I serve a very narrow uh, audience and Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love it. Yep, yep, yep. I think that's so important. So important. And the name Scrappy Frontier, where does that come from? That's a really interesting story. So um, the last six years of my corporate job, I was on a British, I worked for a British company, but I was on a British team versus a U.S. team. And so I would have to travel to London like every other month for team meetings. And there were two Americans on this British team. And at the end of one year, we were the only two that had, quote, like made our numbers, keeping it short. Uh And so we were asked to talk about like what we had done to, you know, do this, da, 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 da. And this much older British executive looked at us and he said, you two are scrappy. Uh, and he did not mean it like in an industrious way. He, it was kind of like a sit down oh. and shut up kind of way. Oh. And I was like, oh, heck no. Of course we're scrappy. <laughs> we get it. We got it done. And so that's kind of where the name came from. And it just it just stuck. It, it's a little rebellious. It's a little fun. It's a little feisty. It's a little flip off too. <laughs> it's a little flip yeah. off too. Yeah. 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 I love it. I yeah. love that scrappiness and yeah, otherwise known as resourcefulness. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your transformation. I I just love what you do, Colleen, and you bring so much of yourself to it and your personality. And it's it's really unique. And I hope our audience uh, jumps over to ScrappyFrontier.com and, and, and learns more about you. Super. I do, too. I do, too. I'm building a stealth army of women over 50 entrepreneurs. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I wanted to tell you about a powerful new tool that supports your mental and emotional health in what are extremely trying times. And you may remember that I've been a psychotherapist for 30 years, and I'm always a little suspicious of products that claim to help us feel less anxious, depressed, or worried. 
But then I was introduced to a new kind of app called Cope Notes, and I have become a big fan. Cope Notes was developed by a guy who spent a lot of his life trying to figure out what might help support him through his own weekly psychotherapy sessions. Cope Notes is an app that gives you random texts through the day to break through some of the negative messages that might be repeating in your head. It's well-researched and has been adopted by many mental health facilities. I highly recommend it. I think we can all use a little support right now. So check out Cope Notes dot com forward slash zestful. I will receive a small portion of those proceeds. Um, and I'd love to hear your feedback about how it works for you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Uh, we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, uh, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. <music>